Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Kim Reynolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fatter, Scott Eklund. Day six, fall practice for the University of Washington football team. Practice today was inside Husky Stadium, open to the fans. Heat wave, expecting temperatures to be in the 90s the next couple of days, so we'll be in the high 80s, low 90s for the next three, four days. But uh, tomorrow, uh, excuse me, not tomorrow, but Friday, we'll We'll talk about a little bit, but offside practice. But today was the first day of full pad practice. A little bit more contact, but I definitely would not say we're uh, ramped up to as much contact as we're going to see probably on Friday, Scott. Well, probably yeah, probably. Um, I mean, they don't they don't really like to go to the ground that much, even though it happened more today than it usually happens. Um, you know, I would say that overall, it was really good to see the. Um, Running backs and the running game really, really kind of get out there and do their thing. It was nice to see the the offensive line and defensive line be able to hit each other a little bit more um, and things like that. But overall, you know, it was just a typical practice for, for fall camp. You see a lot of the same drills, see a little bit of scrimmaging, more drills, more install, special teams, stuff like that. Probably, in my opinion, I think you'll probably agree, most boring practice we've been to so far this year. But... Being that it's open to the fans and other teams can come in and take a look, do you think that's by design? Uh, not completely. Um, I I think it's. I think they they just. I mean, when they do red zone, sure, you're going to see some touchdowns and things like that, and maybe a few exciting plays. But I like to watch the whole thing happen. You know, length of the field kind of thing. So maybe that's why I got a little bored. It was kind of fun watching the running backs and linebackers in their in their uh, pass pro drill that was kind of fun did you you were on that yeah i, I mean i saw it i mean yeah. i saw ben hines school sean mcgrew yeah. on one but for the most part i thought the the running backs did a pretty pretty solid job yeah yeah so um and then the, they did one-on-ones in the in the end zone with quarterbacks and receivers and and uh dbs but you know for the most part it was it was just that grind that we i i feel like we've gotten to that grind where it, we see the same drills all the time, install all the time, you know, and yeah. and then you know you'll see a little scrimmaging here and there that gets the blood flowing a little bit, but it it is what it is. Well, I was gonna say fan, maybe my vantage point was a little different because I was a couple sections to the west of you guys, but I thought it was a great practice. Mm-hmm. I didn't get bored at all. Now, was there more special teams mixed in where you would maybe take more of a break and? check your phone or mm. catch up and do something. Yeah, probably as far as the media is concerned, but I'm sorry, but the very, very first full pads practice is never the, a boring practice for me at least. And especially when they go live and they did the freeze out at the very end during mm. the team, um, which the offense won. So you could, you could tip your hat to the, to the offense. They did a nice job on that. Um, but the bottom line is when, when they were doing live periods and, and they were – well, not live periods per se, but they went live on fourth downs 
and they went live on, on downs that were inside the 10. Um, it was great to see some fourth down conversions. It was great to see a, a play by uh, Cameron Davis where he went untouched mm-hmm. for like a 17, 18-yard touchdown. I put it as 20 a, yards. Yeah, on, yeah a four, on a fourth down. Yeah. Um, that was a great play call. I mean, mm-hmm. it caught the defense flat-footed. Um, you know, but by the by the same token, you get to see a lot of rotations in. You get to see who's stepping up physically. A, a guy like Jackson Sermon, I thought, had a couple really, really nice yeah. plays in that freeze-out. I think he had a tackle for loss on, on Newton. Uh, Richard Newton on one of those plays, which I thought was great. Really shot the gap. So, to me, from my vantage point, I saw a lot of things that uh, – were interesting to me, and, and maybe they were boring to you guys, but I, I, I got a lot out of it. Yeah, sometimes we don't know what they're trying to accomplish in these drills, and today it seemed a little bit like there was some things that they were doing out there, especially on the offensive, maybe seven-on-seven seven drills that, you know, they just wanted to get on film, you know, for film study, you know, and correct those things. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, we noticed was, uh, you know, on Sam Heward, uh, you know, out of the shotgun, and he got a heavy rush. I, I think it was MJ Tafisi, mm-hmm. and uh, instead of going back, Backwards, he actually stepped in the pocket for yeah, completion. That wasn't seven on seven. That was actually a full team, yeah, full team session. But and we saw him step up instead of running back. Yeah. Now M- MJ Tafisi got a sack on that, but he did not run back, which was I'm sure everybody is pleasantly surprised by that after watching Browning and Eason do it way too many times during their time uh, at Washington. But um, well, he's got some back foot moments too. That, yeah. You know. I mean, he should have gotten picked at least one time that I yeah. can remember today, but that didn't get picked. But, yeah, no, could, but he is improving. I don't mm-hmm. think there's any question. Sam Heward is definitely improving. Yeah, it wasn't so much about Sam, but we saw we didn't see the quarterbacks running backwards in pressure and actually stepping up in the pocket. Mm-hmm. So I think that's something, you know, hopefully we're not going to see that running towards the other goal line anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. so I think that was the key. But uh, you know, uh, seven out of seven, Scott. Anything jump out at you? Because I think Terrell Bynum is obviously just such a stalwart out there. Yeah, and Jimmy Lake said it today when they asked about the wide receiver group. He said Terrell Bynum is far and away the guy that their number one guy, and then the rest of the guys are all battling for reps. But uh, Dylan Morris throws two nice passes, one right after the other, to Bynum. I was going to say, I don't know, if, I don't seven. know if you guys were reminded of this, but I, I was reminded of that play five years ago into the West End zone from Browning to John Ross against Stanford, mm, I didn't, where he just pinpointed that that um, that little, yeah. I don't know if that was a little post or skinny post or whatever it was, but he just threaded the needle on that. And, mm. and the way that, that Morris found Bynum in, in the end zone, back-to-back, yeah. um, you know, and, and he's got some DBs that are flying to get that ball, and mm-hmm. it just ends up perfectly well, that, Bynum in the back of the end zone. That, was fir- throw. that first throw was a thing of beauty yeah. when he threw it over linebackers, DBs, and and yeah. Bynum just went up and caught it and, yeah. and brought it in. It was it was a thing of beauty. Yeah. Well, you know, and one of the things you know, people were critical of Dylan Morris last year on his deep ball. You know, because he was throwing pretty much line drives instead of getting a loft on it. I think he's improved on that. Mm-hmm. We've seen that, but you know, also talking to Hugh Millen about that. You know, throwing the line drives as opposed to the deep ball. You know, it just depends on where that safety is because if you're going to loft that ball up there, you're giving that safety a lot mm-hmm. more time to come on. Well, yeah, but let's be clear, we're not talking about over the top here. When, when they were running that seven-on-seven seven drill into the end zone, it was from like 20 yards out, mm-hmm. 15 yards 15. out. Well, no, I mean, they were so, throwing some, I mean, Dylan Morris was throwing some fade routes there too. Yeah, but there was nothing that was over the top today. Everything was mostly red zone. Yeah. So they didn't do anything where they were trying to run a bunch of go routes or four verticals or any of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. They didn't do any of that stuff today. Yeah, So, but just like I said, you know, just last year, you know, Dylan Morris, when he would throw mm-hmm. that deep ball, you know, he just had a lot of, you know, 
fastball on it instead of uh, that, but I think it's something he's really improved on. Yeah, he definitely has. Well, and it's, and, it's, and it's definitely a throw that Sam Heward has for sure because we saw it in that same drill where he, I think he thought he got Mark Redman in the corner of that end zone, and it just was a shade out. The referees ruled it out. Uh, but it was one of those classic throw the ball over the linebackers but put it in a place where the DB mm-hmm. can't get it. Uh, it was a heck of a good throw, but unfortunately, it just was a you know they just weren't able to keep. And maybe Redmond, as a more experienced, yeah, once he gets more experience, he's able to keep his feet in there. They play may have overturned it. Uh, probably not. Uh, it was on the far end, so I couldn't yeah. tell how it's, it's close hard or not to see. close it was. It's hard to see. Yeah, ask Jimmy Lake post game about the offensive line. Everybody just knows how good they are, and um, that offensive line. I mean, mm-hmm. like I said, I think some of us just take them for granted because you know they're good, they're going to be good, and just you're not looking there because you're not paying attention to them yeah. because you know what you got. Yeah, he said that they come and work every day. They, they, you know, just get it done and they grind on people. And and he's excited to have everybody back. And I mean, when was the last time Washington could say their offensive line had everybody back from the year before? Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know time. if that's happened in a long, long time. I will say this though. I, I, I put it on the the practice thread I didn't know if it was an omen or not and I don't know if you guys caught this but the very very first full live rep that they took was on a fourth and one or fourth and two and Jackson Kirkland full started so they never got a chance to do it they went and kicked a field goal instead but it was one of those like okay is it going to be one of those procedure type things because for people that remember when when Cal beat Washington here two years ago in that game that finished at like three or four in the morning. That oh, there was gosh. a play with Corey Luciano where he false started and they ended up having to kick a field goal where they were they were well on their way to scoring a touchdown and um, could have changed the entire complexion of that game. So I saw that and I was like, mm, yeah, first live rep of fall and they fall start, that's not good. You know, when I look at that offensive line, you know, you just wonder, you know, are all of those jobs locked up? I think Jackson Kirkland is locked up. Um, They're all I, locked up. They've been I, run. They've been I running think, the same five all spring. Well, I think Luke Info. Lautenberg is locked up. Henry Bainavalu sure looks mm-hmm. as though it's locked up. But if there was one that's the least locked up and subject to change, is there a place on there that's subject yeah. to change Le- a little bit? Left guard would be the only that's, one that yeah. is. I'm not seeing it. But though. but I mean they haven't rotated Kalepo in, and I heard from a lot of different people that they expected Kalepo to really battle for that. We haven't seen him rotate in at the one yet. Let's see what happens here over the next. Yeah, I mean, the only reason the number two guy had moved into the number one spot was when Jackson Kirkland wasn't there and they put Troy Fontano. And to Fontano's credit, he there was no drop-off. I mean, he did a fantastic job. Um, but that's the only time. It was because Jackson wasn't there. Um, I have not seen another guy rotate in like we saw when Vic Kern wasn't here for spring and they moved like Roger Rosengarten in and he got a lot of reps with, at the right tackle spot. Um, so it's it's more of like guys not being here that it's forcing the issue as opposed to guys earning the right to, to get into the number ones. Cam Davis got a little more action than uh, he has in the past today. I thought he, thought, I didn't keep track, but he seemed like he was in there a lot more. It seems to me Richard like since Newton. the beginning of fall camp, Kim, it seems like him and Richard Newton, those have been the guys that they've tried to get a lot of number one reps with. Right. And I, I'm taking it is because they know what they have in Sean McGrew and Kamari Pleasant. Yeah. And they want to make sure that those guys are up to speed. And, and, and Jimmy Lake wants to see the continued resurgence of a guy like Newton because we've seen – 
in spring and, and so far through six practices just how good he could be. Um, so it's not surprising at all that Cam Davis is getting a lot of reps too because I, I truly feel like those are the two guys along with the two seniors that you really have to kind of lean on um, in terms of the running game this fall. Yeah, definitely interesting how they're going to work out those uh, reps, Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if, I mean, if you're calling out, what do you, I mean, who's, what's the order? I, I'm still of the belief that Richard Newton is your most complete back. I've I've always felt that um, ever since he got here. But if his mind wasn't right, that's why he didn't play last year. So um, every everything that everybody's saying is that his mind is right. He's got that hop in his step. He he looks faster. He looks leaner. He looks really good. I I hope he's the guy who comes out there and gets the start. But Cam Davis is is a complete fullback or is a complete tailback as well. Uh, Kamari Pleasant got some run today. Had that had the one that ended practice um, that he had to power in. That wasn't just an easy run. It was he yeah. had to power through it. And then uh, Sean McGrew is just who he is. I mean, he's not going to be spectacular, but he's not going to hurt you either. Well, so he just knows how to get yards. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he's been playing the game long enough at this level. He knows how to get yards. I what I would say is I think Cameron Davis is the most complete back. Only reason I would say that is, is I think they're still kind of on a level with pass pro, but I think the one area where Cameron Davis is a little, at least he's shown me in the games that they've played so far to date, especially last year, mm-hmm. would be in the pass game. Mm-hmm. I think he's a little bit better pass catcher Receiver, than yeah. Richard than mm-hmm. Richard Newton is right at this point. That's the only reason why I would give him. It's just by a shade. It's not by much at all. Good for Sean McGrew. I always say, you know, when you're young, stay in school as long as you can. The real world sucks. Sean McGrew is. He's taking well, he's advantage gonna, of it. He's going to graduate with a graduate degree. Yeah. I mean. Good for Sean. Yeah. Smart kid. Yep. So, uh, de- uh, defense. Anything jump out at you on the defensive side of the ball today? I thought the I thought the linebackers had a pretty good day. Like you, you already kind of mentioned, Jackson Sermon had a good day. We, we talked about MJ Tafisi and Daniel Hamuli both getting in for sacks today. Um, you know, Edefawan Ulafosio, he didn't make any splash plays to me, but he was just on his coverages. He was causing problems up front and things like that. Um, what what I found surprising was Jimmy Lake, and I'm going to include the outside linebackers in your in in this is. Uh, that he said that's the group he's the most proud of so far in camp after what he's been able to see. And he said, it doesn't surprise me that they're as good as they are, but I'm proud of the work those guys have done. And if you think about the fact that they, they're missing two of the best guys they've recruited over the last four or five years in Leatu, Latu, and uh, Zion, they're missing some important pieces to that group. And they're still playing well, and I think that's one thing. That's one of the reasons why they're rotating a ton of those guys in too. I asked Jimmy if there was any rhyme or reason yep. to whether there were specific rotations or whether they wanted to pair guys together a certain way. He said absolutely not. He says they just want to keep fresh bodies in constantly. Um, but there's, I mean, all of those guys have gotten a ton of reps with ones and twos. Doesn't matter if it's Savelle, Ryan Bowman, um, you know, Braylon Trice has gotten a ton. Cooper McDonald's gotten a ton. Um, you know, Carson Bruner's definitely inside now. He's been working all, basically all fall now with the inside guys. Um, but you add in a Jeremiah Martin and, uh, and Jordan Lolohea, all those guys have gotten a ton of reps. So it's, it's kind of by committee at this point, really. There's Outside, I think, of Ryan Bowman, I think the rest of those guys could pair with him and, and be in the number ones. I don't think that second 
outside backer spot is really solidified at this point. I think it's up for grabs. Yeah, we talk about you know trying to sort out that running back room, but I think sorting out that safety uh, battle is mm-hmm. probably a little bit tougher. Well, they got a lot of guys there. I would say part of the problem, Kim, is that I thought Cameron Williams was separating himself until he got hurt. That's kind of it's the one step forward, two steps back, classic deal. And when if he's hurt now. Um, you know, they've been rolling in, you know, uh, Asa Turner and Alex Cook quite a bit. Obviously, Dom Hampton's still getting his reps. Julius Irvin, I thought, had another good day today. Um, you know, and then Bookie Radley-Hiles is a guy that they can play nickel or uh, deep. They've shown that he can do either one. So there's still a lot of guys that can roll in there and do a job, even though Williams is out. But I do feel like because he was starting to separate himself a little bit, this might end up being kind of another reshuffle. Game days tomorrow. Who is starting safety, Scott? Um, I think it's probably, I mean, if, let's assume Cam Williams is either going through a concussion protocol or something, whatever it is. Or just a um, day off. Or, yeah, but, I mean, are we assuming he's healthy? Oh, yeah. If he's healthy tomorrow, it's Cam Williams, and my guess is it would either be Irvin or Asa Turner. Yeah. Who do you think? Yeah, it sounds about right to me. Like I, I, I think I told you guys the last time I, we did this, and I don't know. I said I thought Cameron Williams was having the best camp so far. Um, now, I mean, I know Asa Turner's gotten a ton of reps in there, but Alex Cook, you can't He's forget about a him. Good camp. He's yeah. had a good camp, so it wouldn't surprise me if Turner and Cook were the starting safeties at that point. Um, if Williams was not available, but if Williams is available. I still think you go back to the pairing they had when they were freshmen. And I'm going to say this. I think that before the season is over with, Dominique Hampton will be the guy who could be the starter, the regular starter there. Yeah. I, I just think he needs more reps at safety before they really know that he knows what the heck he's doing. Dominique Hampton he, is different than the other guys. He is. He's a freak. He's a specimen. He likes to hit. He likes all that stuff. And if he is healthy and if he... If the light kind of goes on for him, I think it's coming, but we just haven't seen him do very much, and, and you know, um, with the ones so far. So um, I'd say I'd say he's still a little bit away. Probably is it fair to say that he's probably better on the run than he is on the pass? But he was corner. Yeah, but it's different when you're playing because you're not playing a man typically in cor- at safety. You're playing. Man to man in corner as a corner, you're you're worried about the guy in front of you and your space. But safety, you're always in space, and he's got run support duty. That's a lot different than okay. They're running to my side, so I have to support the run. But if not, as a corner, you're looping around back in case the running back gets through. You're trying to take that angle off, and so in as a safety, you're coming downhill, and and that's what he should be able to do well because of his size. And so I think he's probably better as a as a run guy than in coverage right now. And I think some of it's just learning the responsibilities as a safety. Who's the best who's the best cover safety? Cover safety at this point? Yeah. Cam. Maybe probably maybe, Cam Williams. I was gonna say it was either Cam Williams or or I'd say Bookie. Or Bookie well, is, he's done a very, very nice well, job in coverage. Uh Irvin has done has been pretty good in coverage. Nope, he's too. done a great job too. He, he had a knockaway of a yeah, pass to he, Otten. He, yep. That would have been a first down and he he knocked it he's, out of his He's hands. done a good job too. And it's tough too because, you know, for instance, in, in the in the team period at the end when O'Brien found uh Kate Otten for the one handed um grab, 
it was a situation where Dom Hampton was blanketed. I mean, he just blanketed him. And so it was a situation where he, um, you know, I mean, it's not, it's, it's, it's a tough gig, but you know, you, you're going up against a guy who's, you know, probably going to be top three, top five Mackey award winner, you know, semifinalist, what have you. Mm-hmm. And, and he just, he just outplayed him on that particular role, but it doesn't take anything away from Dom Hampton. I mean, he, he was all over that guy. So he's done a nice job when he's been called on in space, but I still think he offers a lot in the box too. Practice on Friday? Tomorrow's an off day. Mm-hmm. Thursday's an off day. Friday's at practice or scrimmage? Um, I think you're going to see a lot more scrimmaging probably. Um, but uh, there will be team dr- or uh, position drills and things like that. You've been to, when was the last time you were at Memorial? Two years ago, three years ago maybe. How's the turf there? Uh, it's the old Kingdom, or not Kingdom, the. The old, it's the old turf that I was they say, had. It's not Astor turf anymore, guys. Yeah. So you don't have to worry about that. It's the old turf from uh, CenturyLink before they replaced it, yeah. which is now Lumen Field. But is, is it okay? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's bad. All right. Fans are. Uh, that's ten to noon on Friday. Yes. Yeah, Open I'm trying to remember whether or not whether or not the team is practicing tomorrow. Or the other day, they're or not. Or so then they'll day. be. I, I would say that, especially in front of fans, probably they'll be back pads. in full pads. Yeah. So I would say to me, it's, this practice is probably going to be a precursor to what fans will see on Friday as well. Mm-hmm. It'll probably be a lot of the same. Free beer and wine at scrimmage on. Nope. Friday. Nothing's only if, free. Only if you're tailgating. Nothing's free in Seattle unless you have a tent. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then uh, also, um, it's going to be hot. I mean, yeah. it's going to be spring water, a low to mid nineties on Friday. So hopefully, in the morning, in the morning it won't be. You, you just keep talking about how hot it is. Don't you uh, love it? What is the big deal? So what do you, what are you worried about? I could just see you getting tense just even mentioning that hot weather. No, I mean, by you, the time get, by the time we're out of there and out of the heat, it'll. It won't even be ninety. You get that look when it's seventy-five. I don't. I don't like the heat. You get that look when it's seventy-five. Hey, the 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 weekend that we did the uh, Rising Stars camp when it was the hottest it's ever been, and it was like hundred and six. Yeah. And you guys chose to eat outside. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice. I, I just went. You've got to be freaking nice. kidding. We nice. weren't eating in the sun. Let's be clear about that. Scott. You still ate outside. Yeah, it was nice. Why and not shade. in an AC? It was nice and shade. There was a little breeze. It, it was a nice. hundred and two. Okay. Well. Yeah, but it was a cool 102. I know. How often do we hey, get a I want people here? on this podcast that are listening to comment and say if you would have chosen to eat outside in 102 degree weather, in even if it was in the shade. In the shade with a breeze. It, there was no We were we were ensconced. There was no breeze coming through right. there. That's how that's how breezes cr- are, are created. There's created, no breeze when it's 102 degrees. They're created through degrees. tunnels. You are they're created a, through tunnels. You are such a heat pussy. But anyway, so it rac- says the guy who can't handle 49 and rain. Well, no, I don't have any, I don't have an insulated layer there. You grew up in Washington, Kim. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, final thoughts, wrap it up. Scott. Uh, thought it was a, you know, just another productive day. Uh, fun to be out and sit in the shade on the on the south side of the stadium um, and watch practice. Uh, good to hear from Jimmy. I was gonna say, if Jimmy I saw Ray. you eating food, I would have gone all over you now. No, right. no food eating. Right. I'm good. Wrap it up, Chris. No, I just I I always find the first day of pads to be really really fun, and especially. When they offered up a, a few live snaps, and um, you know the offense making some plays and and winning that final freeze out to 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 make the defense run 
a couple gassers. You know, that's always good to, to watch those guys do it, especially because the defense has actually been very, very good um, in the first five practices. So to see the offense bounce back a little bit, and they did bounce back a little bit yesterday as well, I thought was good to see. So you're kind of seeing that back and forth that you want to see between the two, um, between the offense and defense. Just a reminder, if you're looking for those daily updates as well as breaking news alerts, check us out at dogman.com. Just send us a note, huskystadium at gmail.com, subject line newsletter. We will hook you up. We'll be back again on Friday. Probably won't do a podcast. We'll just do um, no media availability, by the way, on Friday. So uh, I can do a podcast if you guys want to do it. We'll see, we'll see what's up. Okay. So. Scott doesn't. Scott doesn't want to do a podcast. He wants to get back home. It's gonna be outside. And it's gonna be hot. There you go. Yes. <laughs> I'll bring my spray bottle. So for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds, along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eckling, Go Dogs. Okay. Picture this: It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.